Hi, Julie. Hi, Christine. How are you? I am good. How are you? You know, I'm good. I'm good. I got some new like um, like foundation thing that our mother gave us. And I'm just loving it. And I'm sitting here in the window and I just, the, the sun is shining and I feel like, ah, oh, this is like the new spring me, you know? Like, I feel like there's like a little pep in, in the, my step because spring is coming yes. and the sun is shining and I have a little, a nice little, I don't know, a little glow. I love this lotion. Thanks, mom. You know what? I ordered the same stuff. I don't you have did? it yet. Yeah. Because I used it when I saw you yes. and I used some of yours. So I ordered it. It's amazing. So you're going to glow on you're the gonna next have a one. little pep in your step too, a little bit of a glow. You yeah. already have a glow though. You do have a glow Aww. about you. You're a glowy Thank lady. You. Thank you. <laughs> well, today we're going to do something really different okay. than usual. So I'm going to skip to this part. This is a podcast where we talk about songs. And we talk about the lyrics of those songs. And we talk about what those lyrics mean to us, what they mean to other people, what they really mean. It's my turn to have a song. And I have, for the first time, and what did they mean by that history? Three songs. <gasps> Ooh. Three. Don't, yeah. Don't worry, Melomaniacs. I am not going to make this a three-hour podcast. <laughs> I have a... It's just slightly different, uh, you know, plan of how this is going to go. All right. This is going to be a very unique episode. Ooh, this is fun. Okay. I am going to start by playing a little ditty, the beginning of a song. And you will probably, I think, immediately know who we're talking about. All right. Okay. Tom's Diner. Who are we talking about today, Julie? Suzanne Vega? Yes. Oh my God. I never would have guessed it. I never really would, like prior to like I knew that you had something in store for us and I don't think I ever would she was not even on any of my like oh the, the, this song for sure but oh I love this okay mm. okay so we're gonna start okay. with Suzanne Vega's Tom's Diner okay all right so I am going to read the lyrics of this one I'm not gonna read the lyrics of every song we're doing but I'm going to read the lyrics of this song. Okay. And they go like this. <laughs> I am sitting in the morning at the diner on the corner. I am waiting at the counter for the man to pour the coffee. And he fills it only halfway. And before I even argue, he is looking out the window at somebody coming in. It is always nice to see you, says the man behind the counter to the woman who has come in. She is shaking her umbrella. And I look the other way as they are kissing their hellos. And I'm pretending not to see them, and instead I pour the milk. I open up the paper. There's a story of an actor who had died while he was drinking. It was no one I had heard of. And I'm turning to the horoscope and looking for the funnies when I'm feeling someone watching me, and so I raise my head. There's a woman on the outside looking inside. Does she see me? No, she does not really see me because she just sees her own reflection. 
and I'm trying not to notice that she's hitching up her skirt. And while she's straightening her stockings, her hair has gotten wet. Oh, this rain, it will continue through the morning as I'm listening to the bells of the cathedral. I'm thinking of your voice and of the midnight picnic once upon a time before the rain began. And I finished up my coffee and it's time to catch the train. Oh my gosh. Hearing it read. Side note, you killed that. Unbe- like that was like magnificent. Oh. That was amazing. Thank you. Thank but you. hearing it read, like I don't think there's any like bathroom on the right. Like I totally knew all of the lyrics and like I'm like singing along. And but there's something about like she shakes her umbrella, like all of these. It's such a visual song. You can picture every yes. single thing that is it's a visual song. I can paint the entire I mean I can't paint, but right? visual 100% it's a visual song Mm -hmm. and nothing rhymes nope and nothing really big happens right but I feel it you feel you still feel it like emotional yeah just like looking away and looking here and seeing someone out the window it's just like a very like I'm gonna tell you about 30 seconds of my life when I was sitting at this diner Uh uh-huh and you can mm-hmm. kind of be like, why do I care? Like, nothing really happened. Yeah, but, but it's still like, oh. Yeah, everything that happened is amazing, even though <laughs> yeah. nothing happened. Right. And I still kind of feel like I need to shed a tear. It could be because I'm just like, you know. But, yeah, like, I kind of felt a little, like, emotional when you were reading it. I think because I could Aww. see it. Well, a fun fact about Tom's Diner. It is a real bar. I mean, a real restaurant in New York. It's called, yeah, it's called Tom's Restaurant. Okay. And do you know how on um, Seinfeld, they always went to that diner and they would show the outside of the building? Yes. It's Tom's Diner. No Tom's way. Tom's Diner is where they went in Seinfeld. Yeah. But they cut out, I'll put this on in the show notes. They cut out the word Tom's. So on Seinfeld, all you see is the neon um, oh. picture that says restaurant. Oh, yes. <gasps> oh, my God. That's insane. That's, a t- that's, t- wow. Yeah. I think that's a really cool, fun fact. That is a really fun fact. And that it's like that blue and red awning. Like it's kind of signature. Yeah. Yep. Neon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it blue and red? Kind of looks like Madison it Square Garden blue, or Radio City. It's blue and kind of a pinkish red. Yeah. Okay. It is located at 2880 Broadway on the corner of Broadway and 112th Street. Mm-hmm. In the Morningside Heights neighborhood of Manhattan. So... I'm going to tell you something right now. Suzanne mm-hmm. Vega, mm-hmm. she told us everything about all three songs we're going to talk about today. She told us, we don't have to wonder. Oh, right. <laughs> this is a what did they mean by that, that we don't have to wonder what they meant by that. Oh, I love this. Yeah, Suzanne okay. Vega is actually very chatty about her music. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, I love her for it. Vega says that she was sitting in this specific restaurant. It's actually not Tom's, but she was sitting in a specific restaurant when she came up with the song in 1981 or 82. Okay, so this person, this article I'm reading, this person says, but when exactly was the song written? Now we have clues. Mm -hmm. We'll use what any good detective would use. The reference in the newspaper. 
There's a story of an actor who had died while he was drinking. And then she turns to the horoscope and the funnies. So that pegs it down to two newspapers in Manhattan, which carry comics and horoscopes. And the only one of them that did that, that also mentioned the death of an actor drinking when he died, Mm. is from November 1981. And the person that died is William Holden, Mm. who is behind um, Elementary, dear Watson, Sherlock Holmes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because she is, said it's someone I'd, I've never heard of. So it couldn't have been somebody famous like River Phoenix or something like that. Like it was someone she's never heard of. So we probably haven't heard of him either. And that's, I didn't know who yeah, that was. Right. right. That would make sense. William Holden. Like he's famous to like literature people, but not to normal people. Right. <laughs> um, but this person dug deeper and said, but it was not raining on that day. On November 8th, 1981, it was not raining in New York. Oh my gosh. So somebody took a deep dive. There's somebody shaking an umbrella, but it didn't really rain that day. Hmm. So what's going on with that? What is going on with that? Maybe they ran. Maybe it was a, was it a hot day? And maybe one of those fire hydrants had broken loose and kids were playing around and the woman walked through it. And luckily she had an umbrella and it got wet. That would make it more New York-esque because that happened. Totally would. Totally would. Northern Manhattan. She says that... She was sitting in a restaurant and this song started to kind of percolate in her head and it, it was not raining that day, but it took her several months of just spinning this around in her head, like this story. And then finally she sat down to write it and it took her like two hours. So she was like, I want to write a song about like sitting in a diner and noticing things around me. And then she sat down. So it wasn't like she literally was like taking note of what was really happening. She kind of just threw it all together. Correct. Oh, here's what I was looking for. Vega wrote the song based on a comment by her friend, Brian Rose, a photographer, who mentioned that in his work, he sometimes feels as if he sees his whole life through a pane of a glass and like he is a witness to a lot of things, but he's never really involved in them. She attempted to think and write in this fashion while sitting at Tom's restaurant. Now, I've also read that she was not sitting at Tom's restaurant when she wrote wrote or thought of the song. But this person says she was, so I don't know. The bells of the cathedral refer to the Cathedral of St. John the Divine, located one block to the east of the restaurant. Okay. It would be perfect if if my church bells went off right now. (laughs) I know. Why don't they do it when we need it? I know. Yeah, William Holden was... His body was discovered on November 16th, 1981. He died by a fall in his apartment because he was drunk. Mm. Vega confirmed that Holden was the actor Mm. whose death she had read about and inspired the line of the song. Oh, cool. On that day in New York, however, the weather was not rainy, but overcast. Vega acknowledged that Tom's Diner is a composite of events and that the rain was from a morning she remembered being in the diner during the spring of 1982 after the initial events of the song. So she had been in that diner. You know what I've done so far, guys? Mm. No maniacs? Contradicted, Contradicted myself. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm kind of sure nervous. Have. My mouth is dry. It's because I'm doing a trifecta, so I got confused. Okay. She yeah. was in the diner at some point. It wasn't raining. It is about William Holden. That's interesting. Yay. Thank you. Tom's Diner. Okay. Side note. Um, have yes. you seen that video that was circulating for a while about that with those the band that did a cover of it? It was like three guys and the guy's voice is really deep and raspy. 
Well, is it DNA? There's a band called DNA that did a remake of this song. I don't think they ever recorded it and released it or anything like that. It was just on TikTok or something. A couple. I mean, oh, uh-uh. I don't. I don't think it was ever. No, it's just this band that's just like performing it in their like apartment or something. And, and she really got cool. on and like commented <gasps> and was like, Aww. you know, it was on. I'll have to say we'll have to find the link to it because it's really cool. It's you either love it or you hate it because the guy's voice is really unique. I can't even imitate it. I'll find it. So when people think of Suzanne Vega, there's three songs they think about. One being Tom's Diner. The second song people often think about is Not Very Happy. Okay. Okay. We're going to do a little sad song and then we're going to end with a more upbeat song. Okay. The second song I want to talk about by Suzanne Vega is a song called Luca. Okay. My name is Luca. I live on the second floor. I live upstairs from you. Yes, I think you've seen me before. If you hear something late at night, some kind of trouble, some kind of fight, just don't ask me what it was. I think it's because I'm clumsy. I try to not talk too loud. Maybe it's because I'm crazy. I try not to act too proud. They only hit until you cry. And after that, you don't ask why. You just don't argue anymore. Yes, I think I'm okay. I just walked into the door again. If you ask, that's what I'll say. And it's not your business anyway. I guess I'd like to be alone with nothing broken, nothing thrown. Just don't ask me how I am. My name is Luca. I live on the second floor. I live upstairs from you. Yeah, I think you've seen me before. If you hear something late at night, some kind of trouble, some kind of fight, just don't ask me what it was. Mm. They only hit until you cry. And after that, you don't ask why. (gasps) You just don't argue anymore. Isn't it like... My name Sad. is Luca. Mm-hmm. I live on the second floor. Is yep. that kind of how it goes? Yep. Whoa. Just don't ask me what it was. Yes, that's it. Luca is in an abusive relationship. Okay. Ding, 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 ding. However, right. it's not a uh, domestic partner relationship. It's a different kind of abusive relationship. That's very sad. Oh, elderly? And they're uh, younger... Yeah. Opposite. It's the opposite of elderly. Child? Yeah. No. Yes, this song, unfortunately, is about child abuse. It's a little boy? Yeah. I'm telling you what. I know. Oh, that hits so different. I know. I'm sorry. We're going to take a sad turn. Oh, no, 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 no. It's okay. But, you know, 10,000 Maniacs did a song called What's the Matter Here about the same thing. And I have a hard time listening to that song and this song because I always knew this. I don't know how I knew, but I always knew this was about a child. I don't think I ever, I never knew that. One thing about Susan Vega's lyrics, as we're seeing now in the second song, it doesn't, there's nothing confusing. There's nothing that you don't understand. There's no bathrooms on the right. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not excessively, uh, there's no real metaphors. It just is what it is. Yeah. And there's not a whole lot of like um, repetition either. There, I feel like there's almost like barely even a chorus, really. Well, when I said, just don't ask me what it was, she actually says that three times. Oh, okay. Just don't okay. ask me what it was. But I didn't want to say it three times. Yeah. <sighs> so, Suzanne Vega, again, this woman does not mind talking about her music. Here's what she said on a 1987 interview. A few years ago, I used to see this group of children playing in front of my building. And there was one of them whose name was Luca, who seemed a little bit distinctive from the other children. 
I always remember his name and I always remember his face and I didn't know anything about him, but he just seemed set apart from the other children that I would see playing. And his character is what I based the song Luca on. In the song, the boy Luca is an abused child. In real life, I don't think Luca was abused. I think he was just different. In her description of how she wrote the song, Vega said, it takes months of kind of fingering it in my mind while I'm walking around or doing something else. It's just like a problem that my mind goes back to. It wiggles. It's like you're trying to get the right angle. And once that angle comes, I can write the song in two hours. Luca took me two hours. It took months of thinking about it and lining up the shot in a sense. Like if you're playing pool and you want to clear the table, you line all the balls up and then you just hit it and everything clears. It's very satisfying, but it takes months of preparation. I wasn't sure what the character would say. I knew what the character's problem was, but I didn't know how to get the listener involved. I wanted it to be from the point of view of the person who is abused. Now the problem that the person has is that they can't actually say it. So how do you get the problem out if you can't say it? How do you involve the listener? Well, you introduce yourself. My name is Luca. I live on the second floor. Mm -hmm. And so therefore you are engaging the listener. I think you've seen me before. So you start to listen. You're drawing the listener into the world with this very simplistic, basic information. And it then proceeds to state the problem without ever saying what the problem is. Oh, my God. (laughs) That was my problem as a songwriter. How do I get this information out without ever giving it? Oh, my God. I love her. I don't think we've had this much insight into the mind of a songwriter before. (laughs) Okay. These gosh yeah. darn, uh, you know, rock and roll men want to be like, I want the listener to take their own perception. Take it as you want. Yeah. And women, not mind. just men. But Susan Vega is like, you want me to talk about my song? I'll tell you whatever you want to know. Let me tell you what it's about. Let me tell you she how. She's clearly, she's clearly not Carly Simon and you're so vain and dragging oh, it out. Right. Carly Simon, you, you dirty rat. <laughs> you Nobody dirty cares rat. that much. Nobody. Yeah. Like, just say it. Um, um, I just, I just, I think I'm just going to leave that there. Oh, that's amazing. That's so brilliant. Okay. She's incredible. Love it. All right. Now here's where we're going to change things up a little bit on today's pod. Okay. I'm going to tell you about the third song. Okay. And then Mm -hmm. I'm going to just play it. We are going to close out this episode with me playing a little song from a movie y'all might have heard of called Pretty in Pink. Mm. And this song is called Left of Center. Mm-mm. And this is an article written. Why don't people put their names on articles on the internet? I know. Weird. Okay. Writer of this article about Left of Center that is on a website website called One Week, One Band. If you're out there listening, and I'm sure you are, um, I'm giving you credit for this article. This lady, I think it's a lady. We'll go with that. 
The first time I ever heard Left of Center was live in concert at the Fitzgerald Theater on Mother's Day 2003. By that time, Suzanne Vega was 44 years old. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. That is interesting. She had smashed out of the New York City folk revival scene with her self-titled album, Topping the Charts Worldwide with Tom's Diner, and she won a Grammy for Luca. So, so this song is after all of that. It was written in 1986 for Pretty in Pink. It's written from the point of view of Andy. Remember Andy? Mm-hmm. Molly Ringwald. Mm-mm. The misfit heroine played by Molly Ringwald who falls in love with Andrew McCarthy and his name was Blaine in the movie. Mm-hmm. A 1980s heartthrob with the personality of a pair of googly eyes glued to the slice of a Wonder Bread. <laughs> That's weird. She was poor and quirky. He is rich and he wears white linen. They end up together despite best efforts by their friends to keep them apart. This song is about that weird girl archetype. Mm-hmm. The gawky grin, the glasses, someone who likes books and who felt as if they were in the outskirts, in the fringes, in the corner, out of the grip. I feel that. The song came early in her career, but the perspective recurs over and over in Suzanne Vega's work and in her public persona. She's smart. She's strange. She's an outsider. She's looking hard at everything in a way that might be just a little too intense. There's a cool detachment in the way she situates herself and her characters. Always a flinty edge, a slight spookiness. In this song's music video... She breaks the fourth wall a few times to stare directly into the viewer's eyes, then glances down, away, back at the band or the crumbling walls of the warehouse where they're playing, or my personal favorite, when she looks at a collection of photos of herself arranged in a curious collage. She paved the, This person says she paved the way for people like Tracy Chapman, Tori Amos, and Ani DeFranco. Side note, Donnie DeFranco. Mm-hmm. Ani DeFranco. Mm-hmm. Donnie. Ani DeFranco. And Suzanne Vega were roommates for a period of time in New York. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. hmm I know that. The writer <laughs> of this says, Suzanne Vega is exceptional. And she's exceptional because she broke some ground. But she's walked where plenty of women have walked before and will walk again. My favorite thing about this song is how if you listen to the words, it isn't a not like the other girl's narrative at all. She says, I think that somehow, somewhere inside of us, we must be similar, if not the same. Maybe that's about Andy gazing at Blaine, dreaming of joining the rich kid clique. But I hear something different. There is a gentleness to it, a measured neutrality, a reminder that every margin drawn is essentially arbitrary. Mm. An invitation to redraw the borders or to erase them entirely. A reminder that the weird girl is actually just a girl like any other, constructing herself out of the world around her, reimagining her role model's pink prom dress so it suits her better, rearranging pictures of herself on the dusty floor. Remember how Taylor Swift plays both characters in You Belong With Me? It's like that. Mm. I don't know what that means, but you probably do. <laughs> After I saw this concert, I began looking for school shoes for seventh grade. I asked my mom if we could look for ones like Suzanne Vega had. 
That's how I ended up with my first pair of black Converse low tops. <laughs> There's nothing special or unique about that, of course. But I had never noticed them anywhere before I saw them on Suzanne Vega performing live. And she seemed, at the time, to carry herself in a way that I thought I could too. Lacing them up made me feel a little more like myself. Clear-headed. Ready to look at the world. Standing slightly off to one side. Hold on. Hold on. Thank you. 